Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Arsenal nil, Liverpool 3. That's our third away win on the bounce without a goal conceded. Hey, we, we have the unstoppable duo of uh, Kabak and Phillips. So, you know, uh, apparently that's a wall that can't be breached. Yeah, just for my clop about that, because I suspect in midweek he's going to switch that up. I don't know why. I just have a funny feeling. You know, I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm now I've become almost more nervous about seeing the lineup than I have about the game. Like like today when I saw the lineup and Jota wasn't in it, I'm just I got nervous right away. Like like I'm literally holding my breath for a lineup card. That's that's where I'm at with Liverpool these days. I know. I'll be honest. Uh, just like yourself, it was it was not only that Jota was not in it, but it was a combination of that and then seeing Milner in the midfield, seeing Robertson playing, knowing that he's tired, and I just thought, okay, nobody's going to score and nobody's going to be able to assist. So how are we going to break this team down? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I'll <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if I'm surprised or not surprised by the fact that Arsenal seemed completely uninterested in trying to win this game. I guess in a way, I kind of thought, you know, and in, in, in our preview uh, podcast, I did say, I thought they would just play defensive like Chelsea and try to go for the one point. But I, I don't know. I guess I thought Arteta would have a little bit more uh, guts to try to play a bit more on the front foot. But this was just a, a roundabout shellacking that may be the reason Milner and... Uh, Firmino didn't hurt us as much and, and Robertson didn't hurt us as much is because, you know, Arsenal really weren't looking to be dangerous at any point in this game. I don't know. I, I think they were. They're just not good enough, quite frankly. Right. Well, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just being honest. Um, I wouldn't compare this to the games we had against Burnley or pick any of those six teams that beat us at Anfield. <laughs> um, they were trying to put passes together. And, and you, you could see that at the start of the second half, right? You could see that they came out trying to say, okay, we, we want to be on the front foot. What we did in the first half is not good enough. And then that only lasted about three minutes, right? Yeah, that's true. We completely negated their tactics by, by pressing. And one thing that I would give Klopp credit for, but if it had failed, I would have not, um, for obvious reasons, <laughs> is you, you could see that the players were a bit refreshed, right? So the the pressing was working. And in the team, I think Robertson, Kabak, and for me, and sorry, and Mo Salah were the only ones that, that played away. I don't know if Sadio Mane went away or not, but everybody else was at home, right? Well, in the, in the lineup today, Keita went away like some guys did go away but you're right it definitely looked like yeah it it looked like a much more fresh team yeah so he he obviously sees something that that we don't and to his credit too i think that he has understood that he has to play certain players and play his best team and in the past he would never have made a change at um any anywhere before 60 minutes like he did today and it was a tactical change as well. So he knew that he had to bring Jota around, but I guess he didn't want to risk him from the beginning. So I, I wonder if maybe the thought on Jota was that he uh, he didn't want... Uh, he knew that he'd played internationally, and so he wanted to kind of, um, you know, spare him a little bit of a run out. Because he, I mean, he had a great international break. 
Right. Uh, but he did play a lot. So maybe it was just more of a kind of tactical thought of let's give the guy a bit of a break. Yes, I, I, I agree that that's what it was. But it still doesn't change the fact that I was not happy to see Firmino's name on the card. He like, was, a, he, yeah, he was always going to start because he hasn't played in what a month, and he's been he's been back at training for the past ten days or so. So we we knew that he, he was going to start, and um, I'm happy that he didn't play ninety minutes at the very least. And he was, <laughs> I don't know he was that. what? Give me, you know what? Here's what I'll say about Firmino. Apparently, so when you look at the actual score, um, the the you know the the numeral score, he had a seven point four compared to Salo to seven point two and Manu a six point eight. So this is just the purely statistical score. So he actually scored better than the rest of them, but that's just because he didn't lose the ball as much. Um, and frankly, it's because he just wasn't as involved in the play. He simply didn't have enough touches. Like I, I watched and there were, there were vast periods where I just saw him standing still and, and saw him just completely uninvolved in the play. So compared to his other games this season, this was not, I don't want to say this was one of his better games, but this was not one of his worst games, if that makes any sense, right? Because he still didn't play well. And if we go back maybe three seasons when he was playing at a much higher standard, this would have been one of those games where we'd say, yeah, he was all right. He wasn't bad, but he was all right. And then we'd move on. But it's because he's set such a poor standard in the past 18 months. Um, it's we're almost we are expecting a lot more than him because we know that he should be doing more. Whether or not he's capable of it is is another question. But right now, this team needs more. And I don't know if he can give it, but this was as good as he's given all season, if this makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I mean, you know, he he won um six uh of um six of eleven ground duels, which is better than I've seen in a long time. He only and this is sad to say, he only gave possession away eleven times, which for him is actually pretty good. So I and mean he, and he took a uh, he took a shot, which even though it wasn't a target, I was happy that at least he was aggressive because we we, we, we need our striker to be shooting. Well, I mean, if you need your striker to be shooting, then just start Jota. <laughs> like, <laughs> frankly, you know, look at look at Jota. The the guy is a striker. Where yeah. Firmino just isn't. He, and he and wants, at this he wants point, to score. Yeah, at this point, I think Klopp's doing a disservice not just to the team, but to Firmino himself. Like, I think Firmino, you know, forget the actual numerical score based on the statistics. Firmino didn't look great. He wasn't involved in a lot. And he's not the creative force that he used to be. Uh, you know, put him in the midfield or put him in a pos- in a position to succeed because right now he just doesn't feel like he's in a position to succeed at all. During the game, we were we were we were texting and we were asking each other um, w- what would be your next sub. And in my mind, my my first instinct was bring on Jota and then move Firmino back into midfield because he's a midfielder anyway. He doesn't play as a striker, even though he has number nine on his back. But then I, I knew Klopp wouldn't do that, so I didn't even bother texting that. So I, I was pleasantly surprised to see him keep Firmino on the field, drop him back into midfield, and then bring Jota on and then put Milner left back. Because in that one move, we solved two problems, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Robertson well, actually, we was clearly tired. We, we solved three problems. We got rid of Robertson. 
we moved Milner out of the midfield and we brought on a striker. Yes, it, it was a brilliant tactical move born, I think, of necessity. I, I, you know, we've been talking a lot about how Robertson just looks tired yeah. and how, you know, Klopp needs to, you know, just recognize that you can't play this guy um, this much. I think he's uh, played the most minutes in the EPL this year or something like that. Like, you know, you, you just can't, especially given his game, you know, he runs so much, he needs a break here and there. And I know the three weeks might seem like a break, but it isn't because he played internationally. So, exactly. um, you know, kudos to Klopp for finally seeing it. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't know why Milner was in the midfield other than maybe you need to give him some time and maybe he was a leader on the team. So that's why you have him there because you want the captain's armband. But he didn't look good. Robertson didn't look good right off the bat. And I agree with you. Firmino, I don't know, did he look better after he dropped into the midfield a bit? I guess he just, I'll be honest. I didn't think he looked great the whole game. He, he didn't look great, but I guess I don't expect much of him. And so <laughs> I was just happy that he didn't look awful. And it, it's it's terrible to say, but I'm just being honest because he's looked awful all season and at least he didn't look awful. So I'm okay with that. As long as he's not playing as our number nine, because you know he what? Will not, he will not take shots. He'll try to pass yeah. and flick and, so I think the fundamental difference of Jota came on and Jota didn't come on. Like before he came on, we played the way we've always played and we've scored the way we always haven't scored. Right. Um, when Jota came on and really all it is, and I, you know, and again, it's not a criticism necessarily of Firmino. I mean, it might be, but it's just, it's the need for a number nine, right. which is really think of both of his goals. One was uh, like, Jota ran into the box, even though he was outnumbered, right? There were two defenders for one attacker. So he really had no job scoring there. And they had right? a height advantage as well. They had a height advantage. They had everything. But a forward goes and gets into position, finds a little space between them, and hopes he can get to the ball. But that run is never made by Firmino, ever. No. Or if, if Jota isn't in the game... The ball goes in the middle and nobody's there. No one's there, right. And then it makes Trent's numbers look bad because it looks like he's just crossing to nobody when, well, he really is crossing to nobody. He is really crossing to nobody. But he's, you know, he's trained to put those crosses in and unfortunately there's nobody there that knows what to do with him. Absolutely. And then you kind of look and you think, okay, look at the second goal then. The one that he took off Mane's foot. Truth be told, if Mane had to turn and shoot, he wasn't scoring that. Right. But again, it's just a run from a guy who knows what it means to be a number nine. And again, it's just a run that Firmino would never make. Yeah. And not only that too, but even just the single mindedness to shoot and to position it and to just blast it right on net, right? Honestly, in our team, the only other player that I can see doing that is Genie, right? Yes. Mane, Salah, Thiago, all of them, they'll they'll try to do something clever and cute, right? When you just flick, pass, right. uh, turn, something exactly. unnecessary. Right. When you just need to shoot on net, period. And and be selfish. That was like the second the his, his second goal, Jota's second goal, where he essentially took it away from Mane. Mane, right, because he was trying to do some flip around thing. Right. And again, just straightforward. And he ran into it. And I got to be honest, I'm glad Mane pulled out because I don't think Jota was. No, exactly. <laughs> Jota was going through Mane if he had to because that's the right play. 
Right. And that's the thing. Firmino simply doesn't bring us anyone in the middle. So in a way, you look like Arsenal got comfortable the whole game not being challenged in the middle. What is it? Two minutes and change of Jota in, boom, he scores. Gets a second goal. Like, think about it. This guy was flirting with a hat trick playing 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, really do think about that. You know, again, he's he's just the scorer. It just goes to show what we've really been missing this season. And, you know, it's not to make excuses about injuries and everything, but we play the way we play and all we're missing is somebody that is ruthless up front because we we have the possession, we have the opportunities. We just don't have that that natural desire to want to just put the ball in the back of the net once and for all. Well, you're saying not about injuries, but this might be about the injury. And I mean the injury, not Van Dyke's, not Thiago's, not Gomez, not Henderson. It was that damn game against Magitiland or whatever. And I said it before the game, please don't play Jota. Wrap him in bubble wrap if you need to. Like, do not play him. And he got injured for, what, three months? And that happened to coincide with us, you know, losing everything we could. Right. So maybe it is about the injury. Maybe it is this team is literally missing that. And unfortunately, without him there, I don't know, if he didn't come in today, were we scoring? I wouldn't bet on it, no. Right? The other part is, you look at Salah's goal. Part of why Salah essentially had a one-on-one situation there was because you can't shy off of Firmino to help out at the back, right? You, you honest to goodness, have to play. If you've got three defenders along the back, you have to cover the three forwards. You can't just say, well, there's only two guys who are ever going to score, so I'll shade off and I'll help him. So it's, it's that spacing and positioning that Jota creates that... You know, I think helped a lot in Salah's goal. That and just some terrible goalkeeping. Yeah, and something that you've alluded to earlier this season is somehow inherently just having a proper striker to play with them adds a certain ruthlessness to Mane and Salah as well. Now, Mane, he he's he's just off form. He doesn't know he's 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 lost his touch. So that header that he did he, did he, he didn't even touch it. He right? grazed it. He grazed right, okay. it. Yeah. So that header, um, where he was basically a free pass- header. Right. And he was passing when he should have been shooting, things like that. Right. But yeah. with Mo Salah, when he went one-on-one with the goalie, you could, there's just a way that he, he runs with the ball where, you know, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm confident that he'll, he'll, he'll finish versus when you think he'll try to be too clever and try to move it onto his left and then move it back to his right and move it back to his left. And then by, by the time you know it, the ball's gone, right? So, <laughs> and, I, and I think that that probably has something to do with just knowing that there's another striker on the field that can score. And so you're not the man anymore and you have to take advantage of your chances because you might not get any more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, before, before Jota came on, how many chances did Salah waste? Right. Like, right. You know, so, you know, it, it made a big difference. I mean, I'm rewatching the goal and yeah, there's a guy uh, for Arsenal. So one of their defenders in the middle, um, number six, uh, Gabriel Magalas. Uh, I'm totally mispronounced that, but anyway, he basically looks over his shoulder and realized that he can't help Salah because 
Jota, Mane, and Firmino are running up. So he essentially knows that he's got to leave Salah one-on-one. And that's a big difference, right? Because with Jota there, Firmino is like, oh, I got to run too. Mane is pushed to run. And Salah just, he knows I might not get another chance. I I got to make the best of this. And he just goes much more direct. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's psychological, but they definitely seem to up their game when Jota is, let's face it, Jota's sniffing around for, you know, first team chances. Yeah, and 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 I don't think it's it's um it's you know it's insidious or anything like that. I mean, I, like I think it's just genuinely refreshing, right? So when you've been playing the same way for like five years with the same um, two two other players, and one of them is just dropping off in the midfield doing tiki taka or whatever with him with his with his feet, um, it kind of just puts you into the sense of okay, yeah, so I can kind of try a few things myself too, then, right? Since that's what we're doing now, we're kind of, you know, um, we're doing flicks and turnarounds and yeah, right. Looking away and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Where Jota is just is all business. No nonsense, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm here to score. I'm, I'm shooting. I'm scoring. So why don't you give that a try too? But but Salah also did have that essentially a, a break there that he totally screwed up towards the end of the game. And then he came out laughing or smiling, which again, I hate when he's doing that. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's because the game was, you know, kind of already won. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like the seriousness and I like the down to business feel that Salah had when Jota came on. And I got to be honest, Mane just seemed very just out of it kind of the whole game. He's lacking confidence, right? So he, even by the fact that he's he's overpassing just tells you that he's not confident in himself and it, it'll come oh i mean yeah that chance in the first half right where he passed it to to salah for lord knows what reason it was clearly a, a break that he should have taken right um you know he he clearly passed it to your point he's not he's not feeling confident you know that happens to kind of everybody so you know it is what it is um when he gets it back but at least you can say you know he's working and he's running and he's trying yeah, he, he he always gives you what you expect, right? It's just that right now he's not um, putting away the goals, and unfortunately, when no one else is, then we suffer, right? But, as long but as I mean, look, he he had eight of eleven duels won on the ground, you know, so that's not bad. He's still working, still trying to get past his players, and he was fouled three times, so he's drawing fouls too. So yeah, again, think- like if you're not scoring, at least generate stuff, and right. he seems to be. And there were a couple of times where he was hit in the face and nothing was called. But um, well, that's because he doesn't go down and act like he's been shot. Well, he actually did this time, but it wasn't called. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the thing is? In all honesty, it's for it's for Mane, it's for Salah. Is they've played so clean and so good, uh, you know, in terms of not going down and everything like that for so long that now when they go down, it just looks fake, right? So I mean, Mane was hit went down and it didn't it didn't really look all that convincing so that's why he's not getting the calls unfortunately even though he is getting hit yeah and mosala doesn't actually go down he just allows himself to get pulled strangled uh, actually speaking of strangled who was that that strangled jota towards the end there and he didn't get a yellow el nini yeah i honestly i'm watching that and i'm like w- like what do you need to do to get like okay so the ref didn't give a lot of cards today, and that's fine. But I really don't know what you need to do to get a yellow. Like, 
Jota got a yellow because he intentionally stopped the play from happening. Right. Which is right. Which is fair. But the foul against him where he got bear hugged and spun, that's the exact same thing. Literally, you're stopping a play from happening. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Again, yeah, anyway. it's the consistency that drives me nuts. But no, I mean, the ref let a lot of it go. For the most part, it was a pretty clean game. Uh, Salah looks terrible, even when he goes down and is clearly fouled. It just he just doesn't know how to make it look like normal. It's 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 really weird if you ask me. But you know, overall, I think they did well. Um, one of the things that I will call out on a foul was uh, when I believe it was Milner in the first half. He got kind of run over um, by I think it was Pepe, and uh, Pepe gave the ball off, got it back. You actually saw Nat Phillips come right up to him in hopes of running him over. Like, I can tell you, I've seen guys do, I've, I've done that. If you take out my player, I'm going to take you out. That was a purely intentional play by Nat Phillips. And Pepe turned and kind of passed off and, and ran away a little bit to not get rolled. But I like that type of mentality. You know, it was, it was not even 20 seconds later, 10 seconds later. And he was going to send a message that you don't do that to my player. So I actually like that. I, I don't want to call it a mean streak, but I like that toughness that Nat Phillips brings. Just, just the mentality of it. Yeah, he certainly has. A, I mean, he certainly brings tough into the game. He, and he, every game, it seems like he's taking somebody out. Um, thank goodness the head injury wasn't um, anything major. Oof, yeah, the end there. But um, yeah, he he's. Um, yeah, I if if this is how he's been throughout the season, then Klopp needs to ask himself why he didn't play him to the start. But if the reason why he's like this is because they've kept him back in training, then it, it was well worth it. So I suspect, because again, when he started one game uh, soon after Gomez got injured, I remember watching him and being like, this guy needs to start every game. And I called that back in November. So, you know, I think it was not that his that he defensively ha was weak. It was that he didn't know how to pass the ball up. Because if you remember in that game, he had like 10 clearances or something like that. He just hoofed it out every time. And Klopp doesn't like that. But he's... Yeah. So, yeah, Klopp is looking for guys who can not just clear it, but can start plays. And he can certainly do and that, they, right? So, yeah. so if if you didn't know anything about he had a cross he had a cross that was as good as anything alexander arnold had today almost well it didn't really snowby got in the middle yeah but, um, but it was still if 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 you were watching this team and you saw phillips and kabak right and you you watched liverpool last season and the season before with van dyke gomez lovren matip whoever would you think that these are two defenders that are like number seven and eighth choice and we're just trying to make do or would you think oh okay um this is still the same liverpool that i remember watching last season i would think it's definitely not seventh and eighth or 17th and 18th what is this 20th pairing 21st pairing right i would not think that i would think this is um pairing third and fourth right that's what i think they're so they're both very good they're both working well together. You can see that they're helping each other out well. There's definitely a level of chemistry between them now. Um, and again, on one of the corners, Phillips just went out and just boom, right out with his head. Fantastic. Um, so they're 
they're very good, but they don't have the speed. And the speed is and it wasn't exposed what the today, number though. one and two would have. It wasn't not exposed. I mean, nothing was exposed today. Right. Like, think about Kabak. Usually, he's good for a, a number of kind of silly fouls, and he gave up nothing today. I don't even think he gave up a foul, to be quite honest. Yeah, but one. No, he gave up one foul, but no cards once, and nothing in a super dangerous area. Once Reese Williams came on, you 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 could see a drop off though, right? Because you could tell that he was not. He was. He'd always look for the quick pass or the easy pass, either back to Allison or to uh, Kabak or to um, Fabinho. Yeah. Right. And and again, I suspect that's you know to be expected. Reese is you know. Let's face it. When he was in, he just didn't look that good. Yeah. He he didn't look at the level of Kabak or Phillips at all. But my point which was is kind of surprising that Klopp kept him in as long as he did. But anyway, sorry. Go on with your point. Yeah. My point was was when 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 we watched the team today, and 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 I know, granted, Arsenal didn't really give us much to think about, but even even previous games against Wolves, um, when I look at the defense, I don't see a glaring weakness. I I see not off f- um, number one and number two defenders. However, they're still Liverpool defenders in the way they play, right? Because um, now Phillips wasn't just yeah hoofing the ball. In fact, I I think all his passes went to the intended target, except for that cross that he he put towards the end. Well, actually, not 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 really. So this is kind of amazing. Which is, um, so Kabak had zero clearances today. So that tells you a lot. So Phillips had five, Kabak had zero. So literally, we only had to clear it out five times. Okay. That's that's a bit nuts if you think about it. Um, then if you look at actual passes, um, you know, 80 passes, 90 passes, they're passing it a lot, which you'd expect. And long balls, um, uh, Phillips had four and Kabak had eight. So they were they were trying to put it up. You know, they were definitely playing a lot better. Um, and, and I agree with you. This did not look like a seventh and eighth guy or whatever we have here. This looked like two guys who are completely in control. And again, the only really big weakness I see with them is speed. And it didn't look like Arsenal was able to bother them today. Uh, but to your point, they they played like Liverpool defenders, which is they were constantly stepping up. They were playing a very high line. And they weren't afraid to maybe be caught out a bit by trying to challenge a player to win back the ball, which is what ended up getting Phillips, I mean, a chance all the way down... Uh, you know, to cross it into the box. So they, they played like true Liverpool defenders today. It was fantastic. Yeah, the the whole team played well as a team. There are a few individuals that didn't, but... As as a team, I think we played well. Uh, so let me ask you a few individuals. Who would you say probably looked the weakest out of that one's easy? Robbo. He just didn't look like he was himself today. He's looked like that for most of this season, most of the second half of the season. Right. I don't know why commentators aren't picking up on that because it's obvious that he's running on empty and it's impacting his decision making. Right. So, yeah, and his crosses are nowhere near what they used to be. No. And it's the quality of the cross when he crosses, when he makes a run, everything is just a bit off and. Yeah, he really and it's and it's a game of inches, right? So you're off by a little bit. And, you know, you might as well not even be on the field. Right. 
So unfortunately for him, you're right. I think he was, he's just tired. He's just very, very tired and he's not doing the little things that he would normally do. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because he, he looks so drained that I think he needs more than just a game off because we play twice a week. So a game off still means he plays weekly. I think he literally needs to miss two games. Unfortunately, I think what he really needed was to take the international break. Right. Which of if course he, he had taken just... the internet, yeah, he can't because he's playing for Scotland. If he had taken the international break, I think you would have seen a completely different player today. Exactly. But again, are you really going to go out and run Simikas out there when he's Lord is even available? I don't even know if he was injured today or not. I think he was on the bench. No, he was today. he was on the bench. He was on the bench. So I mean, he but he's had so little play time. So how can you really throw him in? What are you going to do? Throw him in against Real? You know, at this point, kind of every game of the season matters for us. Well, that's the thing. I, and, and, and I think this would have been the perfect game to play in because, let's face it, Arsenal and our, we're not really playing for anything, right? So, And it showed. And it showed. Our, our game against Aston Villa, you, you know, we don't want to take them for granted because they are a dangerous team. So this would have been the game to just play Simikas from the beginning, give him 90, just give Robertson the day off. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we've been calling for that for a while, but it looks like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And, and I agree with you. I feel like Arsenal is saving themselves for, they know that their best chance at, uh, at champions league is by winning the Europa league. They're, they're kind of, I think they've accepted that they're not making it into, into the top four this year. So I, I agree. I think they were an easier out than maybe an Aston Villa. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's again, it's not going to be an easy run out. You know, even though we're not playing like the big boys anymore other than Man U, you know, you're talking about Aston Villa, Leeds, Newcastle. But that's not necessarily uh, a good thing. Uh, I mean, it's not. We seem to be able to get up for the big guys. Yeah. Although, if Klopp finally realizes that just play Jota in the middle, it causes havoc from the beginning, you know, all, all we really need is if one of those chances go in early, we win these games. Like, it's it's not really a lot. Like, look at how the game changed. The complexion of the game changed instantly after Jota came on. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, is none of the teams that were playing have anything to play for except maybe Newcastle, right? Man, you have nothing to play for. They don't care about trying to chase Man City. Um, they're not catching them, and they know it. And and even if, if even if um, you know, like two months ago, you could tell that they're not interested in in a uh, title chase this year. Leeds are Leeds. We already know what to expect. Aston Villa are not really here or there, right? Um, so it's really just Newcastle that m- may be fighting for relegation, but. I, I think we should be fine against them anyway. So, I mean, you've also got West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. So I assume West Brom will be fighting for relegation. It might be over Burnley by then. and Crystal Palace. Yeah, it might be over by then. You're right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've are they fallen, you know, pretty far behind, seven points behind. So, you know, Newcastle, if they can maybe win a game before they play us, I could suspect that they wouldn't care anymore. Yeah. So to your point... Um, a lot of those games, except for the Man U one, which it's 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 there's a rivalry there anyway, right? So there's always something to play for. But a lot of those other games, if we score first, the the, the other teams would just, I think they'll just pack it in. 
Yeah, I agree. Like there is a chance. There's a legitimate chance to run out the season. Yeah. Which would if I, I think if we win all the remaining games, which we have eight games left, I think we make it to Champions League. I think we make top. Oh, four. you're guaranteed. Because all the other teams are not going to be that consistent. Well, I mean, Chelsea and Leicester already did us a favor. Right. Right. So now we have to hope that West Ham, Tottenham and Everton, who actually could get ahead of us if they play their games in hand. You know, we have to hope they falter, which I suspect they will. Again, it would be, you know, surprising if, you know, West Ham, Tottenham and Everton, the way they've been playing, if they win out. So I really do think that to some degree, you know, it's in our hands. And after a game like today, I don't know. I, I guess the real question is, is this a one off or is this are we back to business? I think it's not a one-off in terms of away games. I think there's a mental block that we have to overcome at Anfield. Once we do that, we'll be fine, right? Because we've won our our past three away games, and we really, we should have beaten Leicester. So you, you may as well say we won that one too, and then we beat Tottenham and West Ham away, right? So really, this year, we've won all of our away games except the one at Leicester. And then at home, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but I think it's all mental. Yeah, I, I wonder if without the crowd, we just, we psych ourselves out or something. Yeah. But I got to believe that Klopp will hopefully find a way to address that. I mean, I think there's a sports psychologist on staff, so <laughs> get get the players in the room there to talk about whatever they need to talk about. But yeah, if if we could win at home again, I think to your point, I think we'd be set because the way we seem to be doing well. Yeah, exactly. And and it, it all comes from having a settled defense. So fingers crossed that our two defenders and Jota don't get injured any anymore this season. Well, I guess the other player to kind of highlight would have to be Fabinho. Yeah, so who would be your man of the match? Do we just want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, we can do that. So by pure score, uh, in terms of points, Fabinho and Trent Alexander-Arnold both had a 7.9 which was the highest in the team, well, except for Jota, who had 8.4 because he scored two goals. So I think your man of the match has to be Jota. I don't know how you don't do that. But one thing I did want to shout out was I wanted to give a big, uh, big uh, thanks to Gareth Southgate for dropping Trent. Because I got to say, today was the first time he's looked serious all year. Yeah, and um, Gareth Southgate is an intelligent person. So I would like to believe that this was part of his way to motivate him. And uh, hopefully it's working. Well, right, because it worked. didn't have the guts to drop him, right? So, so yeah, someone had to. And and you know what? For Klopp to drop him is a little bit harder because you know Neko Williams is theoretically a big drop, right? Where you know the English team has a lot of good players at the end of the day, so it's not as big a drop to drop Trent Alexander Arnold. Unless he plays like he did today. He was he was playing very well on the front foot. That being said, he wasn't really challenged defensively because Arsenal just didn't seem to be able to get moving defense uh, offensively. Right. But I did love Fabinho in the middle. He played a great game, uh, very in control, and he even came up for one of those big shots, which didn't miss by much. Yeah, it's um, so refreshing having him back there. So yeah, he he's another one that needs to stay stay healthy. Yeah, I mean when you when you add him in, so I mean let's say you drop Firmino and you add in Jota, you would have Salah, Jota, Mane across the front. All three of them will shoot. Thiago we know will shoot. Fabinho if he can put another, you know he doesn't even have to score. He just needs to take those shots. 
which will make people afraid. And even Genie will take shots now. So I, I kind of like this new idea of our midfield shooting because we actually have, you know, midfielders who can shoot. Yeah. It's a nice change. And I like the aggression that Genie showed when he came on. I don't know if, if his play is always based on instruction from Klopp, but it was nice to see him play a little bit more like he does for Holland in, in, in those few minutes he came on. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of wish that he would play like that more for us. Again, we've talked about this. It's probably because Klopp has told him not to. But, I mean, again, an aggressive genie is, you know, he's, to your point, him and Jota are the ones that when it's in the box and they have the chance, they're direct. They just, they know to put it on net. Right? And that was that was the, the Barca game uh, at home where we got the three goals back, right? He got two of them just because he was direct. Yeah. Every t- every chance he got, he was looking to go straight at the net. So again, when, when he comes in, I'm hopeful. I suspect he got a break today so that he could play against Real Madrid. I got to believe Fabinho will be there too and Thiago as well. I love a midfield that can shoot. Yeah. At the very least to keep the other team honest. So, so here's a funny thing. I would actually be okay starting Jota from the bench against Real. Because I think Firmino would do uh, better against Real than he does in the EPL. And then Jota can come off and cause a little bit of mayhem. So Now, it, I... it, it wouldn't be my first choice, right? I, you know, But knowing Klopp, I would not be too upset with, with him if he did that. So there's something, and I don't know what, I've I've tried to figure this out, but there is something about Firmino in non-EPL action. Yeah. I don't know if he raises his game. I don't know if the refs call it differently. I don't know if, you know, Europe respects more. Like, I don't know what it is, but in Champions League and just outside of the EPL, he just seems better. So, yeah, I mean, again, I want Jota to start from the beginning, but... That being said, you know, if he brings him off the bench, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, man of the match, I think, has to be Jota. I don't know how you can pick anybody else. Um, if you're going to give it to someone who played 90 minutes, it would be Fabinho. Yeah. You? I would give it to Jota. Um, 90 minutes. Any one of Fabinho, Phillips, or Kabak, to be honest. You know what I will say, though? Uh, so I don't disagree with any of those. I thought all three of them played well. There was one moment in the second half that was, like, frankly, kind of upsetting. And it was Tiago had the ball, um, you know, and and he wasn't being attacked, so he actually had time, and he was looking for someone to pass it to, and nobody was moving. This is before Jota came on. I don't know if you remember that one. I actually texted you. And there was literally no movement from any of the other players there. You know, Fabinho was a bit behind. But, uh, you know, Mohamed Salah, Firmino, and Mane, they were literally just standing there. And that's why, for me, Jota changes the whole game. Because he always makes runs. He's always moving. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going all the way. Even if you consider 90 minutes, it has to be Jota. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. He changed the game. He changes the whole way you look at the team. He's constantly moving. He's constantly making runs. It stresses the defense, and it just creates. It could have easily been a 
1-0 Arsenal win if Jota hadn't come on. None of us I would agree. None of us would have been surprised by that. Yeah, I I could have seen us getting more and more frustrated trying to score. Yeah. We were generating some chances but nothing clear cut and then eventually Arsenal catch us on a break. I could have seen that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Jota, but you know, it's Jota's win it feels like, frankly at this point. Um but hey, I mean, we we got the win that we needed. Uh, you know, we got the uh, the losses that we needed from the the other player, the other teams. So we've actually moved our way up the ladder. Leicester and and Chelsea lost, so we're two points behind Chelsea now. So you know, it's it's looking like a pretty good uh, uh, chance for us to maybe move into the top four. So overall, it's been a, a great week, and on to Real Madrid. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.